Isn't our Lord wonderful? Isn't our Lord wonderful? Yes. Clap your hands unto Jesus, who is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to read a scripture. It's not part of the message, but anything, anything that lifts up Jesus Christ is part of the message, by the way. It says, it's in 1 Timothy. It says, now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now unto him. Jesus Christ is wonderful. He is counselor. He is the mighty God, our everlasting father and the prince of peace. When he wants to bless you, he does not go to a committee to get permission. When he wants to elevate you and give you your heart's desires, he does not need to go to anyone for permission. All he, he asks is faith. When we believe and come into his presence and say, Lord, here I am. I believe your word. I believe that you are, you are my salvation. He responds to that. And God will bless you. It's very important that we understand for today's lesson that the Lord, Jesus Christ, is in control of our lives. No matter what's going on, no matter what mistakes you have made, no matter how high you, you, you achieved success, those things does not matter. What matters is that God has ordained good works for you to walk in before the foundation of the world. And that he has a plan for your life. Look at your neighbor and say, get over yourself. Come on, look at your neighbor with, with, with faith and passion and say, get over yourself. It has never been about you. God's purpose trumps you, trumps your mistakes. It trumps your, your, your greatest success. His purpose goes beyond your sin and your failure. When God has a purpose for someone, it shall be accomplished. Do you believe that? Let's give God a praise for that. Say, we love you, Lord. We thank you, God, for your purpose and your plans. In Jesus' name. You may be seated. Today is, it's, um, this morning we're in Sunday school. So we're, we are going to take our times and, 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 and really get into the word of God. A couple of months ago, I began to teach on the subject of finding your place in the body. Finding your place. Not only in the body, but God has a place for you, a geographical place for you that he has planned for you to live. God has a place for you of employment. God has a place for you and an, an assignment for you within the body of Christ. And the Bible speaks about who he chooses. He doesn't choose the wisest people. He, don't, he does not choose people who have influence or came from a, 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 um, a rich family. But God uses the, the common things in this world, the base things, the lowly things in this world to show his power. So if any of you this morning feel that you're unqualified, you're in the right position. If you feel that you're not smart enough, 
that you're not educated enough, that you're not, you're not wise enough or have the charisma to persuade the hearts of men. I want to encourage you this morning that you are the candidate for God, that God has a plan for your life. If you look back over your life, where you have started and where you are today, you cannot give yourself any credit. Most of us realize that Jesus Christ was our salvation in hard times, at the end of the rope. When we, we, we were done, we made so much mistake, we were hopeless. That's when we found God, or God found us, I should say. Who is the one that initiated the relationship? Wasn't it Jesus? It wasn't you. It was him. So today, I want to encourage us to find our place in the body of Christ. God has a plan for you. And, and um, sister in the back, this is part two from the last message. So it's finding your place, part two. You can find part one on our website, thesanctuarypb.com. If you go into our sermons, you'll find finding your place, part one in the archives. Today we're dealing with finding your place. Everybody say my place. This morning is all about you. Finding your place in the body of Christ. I see our visitors here. If you guys don't know, we have an open air church in Palm Beach, Church in the Park, and it's led by our brother here, Peter Nagy and his wife. And we have visitors here. Good to see you. God has a plan for your life. You're here for a reason, and God's going to bless you today. In Jesus' name. Our opening scripture is coming from 2 Timothy, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 9. I might go a little fast. It's because I have so much to say and not enough time to do it. So <laughs> bear with me. 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 9, reads. Well, before we read verse 9, we have to start. With the last word in verse 8. And the last word is God. Then we go to verse 9. So we say God, verse 9, who has saved us. Everybody say God has saved me. He is our salvation. And watch this. And called us with a holy calling. Those of you who are saved. Those of you have, who have received God as your salvation. Your deliverer. It's a package. The Bible says if we're saved, we're also called. So no more are we going to believe that we're just here to sit on a pew and that we have nothing to offer. When Jesus, when God delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of the world system, right, out of bondage of Pharaoh, the enemy, he said, Moses, lead my people to my presence, to Mount Herob, to Mount Sinai, right? Why? So they may come and worship me. That word worship also means to serve. When God calls us, it's not to a place of mediocrity, a place where we have nothing to do. We're bored and we're trying to find things to do. But it's a appointed place. It's a place where you're going to worship God. He saved you to worship and to serve in the earth. Everyone here has a call on their life. Everyone here has an assignment that God does not want to make a mystery for you, but he wants to reveal it to you. And today, 
I am going to show you how to access the not access Jesus first and to position yourself to receive the revelation of your calling. Can we say amen to that? The first thing that we see in this scripture, same scripture, is that our calling is holy. It's a holy calling. Or the, or the second thing, actually. The first thing is to be saved is to be called. And the second thing is your calling is holy. That means it's sacred. It's not something to play with. It's not something that, that we ignore. It's a holy calling. God has planned this for you before the world began. Shouldn't we take, take notes of it? Shouldn't we be um, passionate? And earnest to know what that calling is because it's separated unto God, it's hidden Christ. Yes. So we see here that the calling is holy. He says, Who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace. His purpose overrides your dead works, my dead works. When God has a purpose for something, he is going to give it grace to accomplish what he has called you to do. Some of you might be in a horrible situation that you've you never seen coming. I feel God is good. Hallelujah. And you're looking at your circumstances today and you're saying, God, I thought that you called me. I thought I had purpose. Why is this happening to me? Let me tell you something. What you're going through is only for a season. It's not going to be forever. You see, God is unpredictable and amazing. And that's why we worship him and, get, and, and trust in him. He does not do things according to our plans, our ideas, our purpose. He does things according to his purpose. And sometimes what he does as a good father does not make sense to his children. Can I get an amen for that? You may be in a valley, and it may be hard, but that valley serves a purpose. Your trouble is serving you. This morning, God wants to let you know that your purpose, your struggle, your pain is serving a greater purpose than what you even think. You see, he's a God of all comfort. And he calls us to comfort, after he comforts us in our valley, then he calls us to comfort those who go through the same thing. So how can we understand and be useful and effective unless we go through trials? Your trial, your dilemma is serving a purpose. And it's God's purpose. And it says, he gives us grace now for the, for, for the trial, for the purpose. It says, which was given in Christ Jesus before the world began. Holy calling. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. Time is going so fast. Praise God. <laughs> I'm going to read it. It says, faithful. Do you guys see it on the screen? Not yet. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 24. It says, faithful is he that calleth you. Who also will do it. Our calling is dependent on God's 
grace. Not your ability. He calls you to do what he enabled you to do. You see, when we, when we receive the Holy Spirit, when we receive the spirit of the shepherd, I love to say, the spirit of Jesus, it's not only for us to speak in tongues, not only for us to speak in tongues, but it goes so much farther than that. We are receiving Jesus. Do you understand that? Jesus has come to live inside of us, to speak to us right here, to, to guide us, to let us know who we are, to lead us in the paths of righteousness. Why? For his name's sake. You are a carrier of Jesus. And when you tap into him or pray to him and, and, and hear his voice, and he tells you your calling, your assignment, and it's greater than, than, than your natural abilities. We have to remember that our bodies now belong to him. And that Jesus is going to enable us to do what he has called us to do. Some of you here have a passion to preach, to teach Bible studies. But you say to yourself, I can't do it. I can't even read the Bible that well for me to even teach it. Why do you think God has put that passion in you? He says, if I'm in you, I'm going to give you the power and the knowledge and the strength to do what I put in you. God wants us to rely on him. You see, you won't tap into what God has for you unless you try. Some of us haven't even tried because fear has a grip on us. And we don't trust God in all the areas of our lives. We trust God here but not here. But today, I'm praying that someone will find faith to believe that if God has put a desire and a passion in you that will benefit his people, he will give you the grace to accomplish it. You are the man of God he's looking for. You are the woman of God he's, he, he, he is looking for to change your community, to change your world. It's in you. He is in you. In Jesus' name. This call was given before time began. In Romans chapter 8, verse 29 through 30, it says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Verse 30, moreover, whom he did predestinate, which means to limit in advance. He has your life in a box. You can't go too far because God has you, because you're predestinated. Them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. If you're justified this morning by the blood of Jesus Christ, it's because God thought about you before your mama and your daddy did. He thought about you before the world was created. And when he thought about you in the plan of your life, he has a call and an assignment for every believer here this morning. There is a call on your life, not only to follow Jesus, but to serve his people. That is the greatest ministry, serving one another, all things together. And he said, them he justified, guess what he said? 
then he also glorified. We say God doesn't share his glory. Yes, he does. He shares his glory with his body because we are not separated from him. This is deep. We are the body of Christ. We are connected to him. We're one with him. So when the glory falls on Jesus, it falls on us also. He allows it to come. He told Abraham, I will make your name great. Why? Because you're my friend. And when you speak, I'm speaking. And where you go you, and, and where I send you, you will go. So therefore, I will make your name great. Praise God. God is not selfish. He's a loving God. He's a loving king. And he wants his people to walk in peace and joy, fulfilling the plan that he has for them. Praise the Lord this morning. This is truth. You were created for good works, prepared beforehand. You are God's workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this. For we, everybody say we. Say with passion. Say we. Come on. Say we. We are his workmanship. Isn't that something? We are his workmanship. And God wanted to show the universe his creativity, his innovation. He made you. He made me. He said, look at my creation. And the angel said, who is the son of man that you're so mindful of them? Praise God. We're God's trophy. We're his greatest achievement. You are and I am. This is truth this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God has good works for us which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So I want to speak about finding our place. How can we find our place in the body? Knowing all this great truth, how can we appropriate what we have heard and literally find our place in the body? You see, in this church, we, we're not just trying to make sermons just to make sermons. We want people to be changed. The same God that changed our lives we want him to change your lives. And we know it's true because we have tried the word and tested it and tasted and see that God is good. So what I tell you this morning, if you appropriate it, if you use it, take a step of faith and use it, you will see great results. Amen? So here it is. We find the steps in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Verse 1, we're going to start there. Let me go to my Bible here. Technology. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12. And it reads, verse 1. It says, I beseech you. Therefore, everybody say therefore, brethren, I'm going to stop there. I know you can see it on the screen. I'm going to stop at therefore. You know why? We need to know why it's therefore. There's no reason to go forward until we really understand what the prophet is going to say or, or the apostle is going to say next. Why is it therefore? Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, pause and go back couple of chapters and read it 
And after you pass the dear four, you say, oh, that's why he said this. It's a letter to the people. So why is it therefore? We must first go through Romans chapter 1 through 7 first. You see, the theme of Romans is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul was an amazing writer. He knew how to articulate the truth of God's gospel through writing. He wasn't a great preacher because one time he, he preached so long, someone fell asleep and fell out the window and died. So I wouldn't consider Paul a great preacher. But when Paul wrote, people listened. When Paul began to write down what, what, what God was allowing him to say, inspiring him to say, it was powerful. So in, in this book, he is summarizing the gospel. So in chapters 1 through 3, he speaks about the Gentiles' need for salvation in chapter 1. In chapter 2, he speaks about the Jews' need for salvation. In chapter 3, he speaks about everyone's need for salvation or for the gospel. Amen? Then in chapters 4 through 5, he talks about the victory of, over sin. In chapter 6, he speaks about freedom from sin. In chapter 7, he speaks about freedom from self. I love that chapter because many of us are just fighting ourselves, our old characters, our hang-ups and hurts. The enemy has no power over us, but when self comes in the way, you can't run from self. You can't cast out self. The Bible says that we crucify the flesh. We cast out demons, but we must crucify the flesh. And this morning, I want to say this, that 90% of the issues that we have in our lives is with this body, self. And this morning, I'm going to show you how to get over yourself. That's why I said today, get over yourself. <laughs> it's God's purpose. So chapter 7, self. Then after chapter 7, right? We go through the doorways, which is chapter 8, where we get, there is therefore no condemnation. Because chapter 8 speaks about freedom in the spirit. Our freedom is in God's spirit. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Here's my next question. Where is the spirit of God right now? Right now. In you. You got it. So therefore, there should be liberty, freedom, freedom, right, to dance, to sing, free to lift my hands and worship, Lord, I'm free, Lord, I'm free, right? That's a song we sing. We want to sing it and live it. We want to sing these songs and walk in these songs, and the world will see our victories, and people will come to the light, to Jesus Christ and be saved. Chapter 9 Verses 11, it talks about who missed it. It talks about Israel, Israel's past in chapter 9. It talks about Israel's present in chapter 10. It, it, it speaks about Israel's future in chapter 11. And I'm praying that we will have an apostolic church in Israel one day. If it's not there already, I'm not sure. But we need a strong church in Israel, in, the, in Israel, in Jerusalem, 
a location where we own property, a building. There's people there filled with the Holy Ghost, baptizing Jesus' name, spreading the gospel. That's my prayer right now, that God will establish his church in, in Israel. So now, after all that, we come to chapter 12, verse 1, where it speaks about presenting or the therefore. See, this is a response to all that we heard before. After we hear that we all need salvation, Jews, Gentiles, we're all in bondage in our flesh by sin, but God has provided provision for salvation through his spirit. After all that we hear, the whole thing, the whole counsel of God concerning the gospel, this is our response. Sometimes we stop at chapter 11 and we sit in church and just reminisce of what God did for us, what God is going to do for Israel. But we never go to the therefore. Amen? We never transition now to more. And it says it here. It says, I beseech you, therefore, because of salvation, by the mercies of God. And here it is, the first step to receiving or knowing your place in the body. That ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. By placing our bodies on God's altar, our bodies become holy. Some of us think that God has no dealings with our body. I'm going to show you in the word of God that the first step to knowing and receiving from Jesus Christ your place in life is presenting this body unto him. First, in Matthew 23, verse 19 through 20, our Lord answered the question, because many of us had hard lives before we came to Christ. We did things with this body that was sinful and rebellious and things that we are ashamed of. And you may think to yourself, how can I make this wretched body of mine holy? But our Lord, he answered that question for us. In verse 19 it says, ye fools and blind to the Pharisees. For whither is greater, the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? 20. Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar, swear by it, and by all things thereon. The altar makes the gift holy and sanctifies it. In the same way, God's altar will make our bodies holy when we present it to him. Today, today is a day of salvation. Today, make up in your mind to present your body to Jesus. If your body is defiled, and it is, full of sin, and all types of things, disease and sickness, Give your body to God. Put it on the altar. Whatever you put on the altar, God takes ownership of it. You understand that? Whatever you put on the altar, God blesses. His spirit is there 
the fire of the Lord descended in the Old Testament on the altar of sacrifice. Paul says to be a living sacrifice. I mean, you're still alive, but you're dead to your own nature. Because you made a decision. You're not going to work it in your own strength. But the altar is not really a location. It's not. We call here the altar, and it's fine. What we're saying is come up here, stand in the front, and decide in your mind right where you are to give whatever you have to Jesus. And when you make that decision, where you're standing becomes the altar. Because the altar is really in your heart. It's a contact place where you speak to God, spirit to spirit. And that's where you're able to communicate with our Father Jesus and say, Lord, here I am. That's why you could be in your car and contact Jesus. You could be at work in the bathroom and contact Jesus. Walking on the beach and contact Jesus. Because the altar is here. You are carrying the glory of the Lord inside of you. So what do we do? We say, Lord, let's say it now. Lord, here's my body. Take it, Lord. I put it on your altar. I give you my body. I give you this flesh, Lord, to do what you want to do with it in Jesus' name. Presenting our bodies to God means we don't decide where we go. What we eat, what we put into this temple, or who we join it to. You understand that part? Join it to. There, there are kids in here, so you understand what I'm saying, right? We don't join ourselves, right? Like in marriage, to anybody. Because now we understand that this is the temple of God. I have to walk holy. I have to ask God where to go because God is living in me. And he's using this body for his glory, his vehicle, his vessel now. Praise God. Once we offer our body to God, he will make provision for it. This you're going to love. I know you are. You ready? His provision for our bodies are his spirit and his word. It's very important. Romans chapter 8, verse 10 through 12, 11 says this. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the, 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus, his body, from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive, praise God, your mortal bodies, our bodies now, our mortal bodies, by his spirit that dwell in you. I knew a man who was diagnosed with cancer. He came to church, praise God, in desperation for healing. The service was anointed and Christ was here. Here, praise God. And he found himself at the altar at the end of the service. Listen carefully. Praise the Lord. When he came up, the minister came to him and said, young man, what do you want God to do for you? Remember, his sickness brought him to church. Praise God. And when he came to the altar... God, through the minister, asked the man, what do you want? 
he had two options in his mind. He said, I can ask for sickness or God to come into my life. He said, I want God to come into my life. Immediately, the Holy Spirit descended upon him. And he began to speak in tongues for the first time in the name of Jesus. Crying, speaking in tongues. When he realized that he was speaking in tongues, he kind of stopped. And then all of a sudden, it was like a, sec a, a second wave just came and blasted in him. And he was on the, you know, on the floor and crying and praising God. He went back to the doctor. Praise the Lord. And the doctor could not find not one sign of cancer. Praise God. Because when you give your body at the altar as a sacrifice unto him, God takes ownership of it. And God gives provision to your body by his spirit. And the Bible says that he will quicken your mortal bodies. He will make it alive and cast out the cancer, cast out disease and affliction in the name of Jesus. When one person will decide to give their body to him. Let's give God a praise for that, for that truth. Hallelujah. God's provision also is the word of God. In Psalms 107, verse 17 through 20, it says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. The soul abhorbeth all manner of meat, cannot eat. They're just sick. And they draw near unto the gates of death. 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. I told you before. Your trial is serving a purpose. Rest in it. Allow God to help you. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them out of their distresses. He sent what? His word. And healed them. And delivered them from their destruction. God's word is our provision for our body. We see three great mercies in this scripture. First, it says they are saved from the power of sin or distresses. Two, they are delivered out of the power of Satan. How? By his word. And three, they are healed in their bodies from disease and sickness. I want to give you a word of wisdom this morning. For those of you who are sick in your body, I want you to do this. Yes, go to the doctor. No problem. But add this to it. Look for the healing scriptures in the word of God. And take them like your medicine. When you take your medicine, take the word of God. Read it on healing. And watch what God will do. Because we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, right? So we're now focused. And we're saying, God, I understand that your spirit and your word is my provision. That's why God says, man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out the mouth of God. Our creator has fashioned us in this way, that our bodies are able to be healed and delivered by the foolishness of the word of God. Praise the Lord. They won't preach, I mean, they, doctors won't say this, but we know the secret. So take your medicine. Take it. But also take the word. Every day, 
just like you take your medicine, three times a day, twice a day in the morning, take the word. Take the word of God and say, Lord, I eat this word. I take this word. I take you at your word. My body belongs to you, Jesus. Touch me, Lord. Heal me, God. I have put my body on your altar. And you must answer, Lord, because now it belongs to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. This is God's will. It says that in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3 to 5, 3 to 5, through 5, it says, For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, the body, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor, not in lust, even as the Gentiles which not know God. God says, your body is my temple. Your bodies is my temple. The purpose of the body is this. 1 Corinthians 16. I'm going to close with this scripture. And we're going to move on to prayer. Because time. But our purpose for our bodies is written right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 15 through 20. It says, Know ye not that your bodies, this body, this old crooked body that's limping sometimes and tired, don't you know that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the member of Christ, his body, and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. We're thinking now. Verse 16, what? Know you not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, he, for two, says he, shall be one flesh. Speaking of marriage in Genesis. But 17 says this, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Praise God. 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and ye are not your own. Praise the Lord. The body was made for the Holy Ghost. Your body was designed. Jesus said in, in the Psalms, he has prepared a body for me. And that is us. He has prepared your body, not just for you, but for him to dwell in. For him to walk in. For him to use for his glory. Your body, no matter how young you are, no matter how old you, you are, your body is a member of Christ. And when we present our bodies unto him as a living sacrifice, you'll begin to understand your call. It's not deep. I didn't say study the scriptures. Yes. The first thing, present your bodies. Can we all stand, please? We're going to pray. After we present our bodies and our minds will be renewed, it goes on, it goes on to say, we must be humble and realistic about ourselves. We must recognize your God-given measure of faith. 
There's so much things, but this is the first step to knowing your place in the body in Jesus' name. I want to say this also. Some of you have been praying, God, use me. Yes. In your prayer time at home, nobody knows. You won't dare say it because you feel like you don't qualify. But some of you are saying, God, even now, where do I fit? Where, what's my place in the body? I want to do more. Well, as you do this, as you present yourself to God, your body to God, right, we are now opening up opportunity for you to be used of God. We have something called connect groups that we're going to be announcing to the church very soon. We're doing training now to make sure that things are run decent and in order. But this is going to give everyone who has presented their bodies to God, who loves him, who is walking by the spirit and not according to the old nature. This is the first door that's open unto you to do ministry. To walk and to, to actually put your hands to the plow. We'll give you more details later on that, but I want to drop a seed in your mind. Connect groups. Everybody say connect groups. Connect groups. We want to connect the community to the body of Christ. And we need you. Yes, you. Scared, trembling, we need you. Because God is going to give you what you need to accomplish what he has called you to do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words, Lord, of encouragement. We thank you, God, for your truth. Hallelujah. We pray, God, that today as we worship you in the sanctuary, in the synagogue of Jesus Christ, that you will bless us, Lord, that you will strengthen us today as we present our bodies unto you this morning. Hallelujah. That your spirit, God, will fall upon us. And that the liberty of God will cast out all disease, all pain, hallelujah, all depression and anxiety as we present our bodies to you as a living sacrifice. Lord, we thank you, God, for the body of Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we're able to come together and to be gathered here together in your name. You said, God, where two or three are gathered together in your name, you are there in the midst of them. Hallelujah, Lord. And you inhabit, inhabit the praises of your people. Bless this service. Bless our pastor as he preaches the word of God. We pray for change. We pray for conversion in the name of Jesus. We pray, God, that someone's life will be redirected into the purpose and plan of God. Bless us, Lord. Bless Zion, Lord Jesus, this morning. In Jesus' name. Can we all say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I love you guys. We have some time, fellowship. Hug someone. God is here. Remember, he's here. Let's worship in Jesus' name.